0: Us are facing in this room. Thank you, God, that you allow us to come together and to worship you and to tell you how worthy you are of our praise and of our adoration. And Lord, I pray that as we go into this message that you would open up our hearts and minds to receive it. And in your name we pray, Lord. Amen. You guys can be seated.
1: church. Good morning again. Hey, what about uh, our worship team? Thank you guys so much for leading us this morning. Thank you so much for leading us. Hey, uh, again, my name is Still Payton. If uh, if I've not met you or you came in late, and I want to welcome you again to City Lights Church. We are so excited about what God is doing. Um, man, last week we made a huge announcement that we think is really Going to change everything about our church. So, we've started a new series this morning called This Changes Everything. And I want to share with you what the announcement was for those of you who weren't here or don't really know what's going on. Um, last week, we made the announcement that on September 13th, we're going to be switching locations to Clinton High School. Yeah, celebrate it. Celebrate. If you can't have a good time at church, then you can't have a good time anywhere, okay? So, don't, don't leave me hanging this morning. Don't leave me hanging. Let's celebrate. Um, and so two weeks from today, we'll celebrate one year as a church, which is pretty amazing for a church plant. A lot of church plants don't even make it one year, and so we're just grateful for what God's doing. We had seven people that we believe and trust that they made, you know, a faith-based decision to commit their lives to Christ like we, uh, last week. So just God's doing something. yeah, let's celebrate it too, yeah. <laughs> you guys are so funny. If we're going to clap, let's clap, okay? If we're not, then don't, but let's make it loud. Let's make it loud and proud. Um, so we're just so excited about what God's doing. We're going to be, be a, uh, we're starting the series today about this changes everything. And we we rented um, we started renting some office space in downtown Clinton, which gives us a permanent place to work out of in our city, which just further uh, establishes our basically commitment to to this city, saying hey, we're going to be here. That we're not just something that's going to be a fling. That we're going to be here. And I, I want to share this with you guys because I said that we're going to meet at Clinton High School permanently. And what I meant by that was, we're no longer going to be meeting here. And and nobody has asked me this. Maybe you're wondering this, so I want to go and answer the question for you. If you're thinking, well, why aren't we buying a building, right? We've been meeting in a high school for a year. Why would we go meet in another high school? And can I just be honest with you, as opposed to, like, I would lie for some reason? But, you know, I hate when people are like, can I just tell you the truth? I'd much rather you do that than lie to me. Two years ago, five people started meeting in my living room. Last Sunday, we had over a hundred people at this service. I'll be honest with you. I don't know how big God's going to take this thing, so why would we go build something if we're going to need something even bigger, right? A couple months ago, several months ago now, I'm not even sure how long, but an opportunity came up for us to get a permanent facility just a couple miles up that way uh, past the interstate. And I'll be honest with you, I was disappointed that it didn't work out. It was really a zoning issue, but for but for those who were aware of that, I'm so glad that we didn't because, God, we've been outgrown that building. And I just don't know what God's going to do. I know what I believe he's going to do. I know what he's capable of. So if you want to know why we're not buying a building, because we don't know how big this thing is going to get. You take any business owner who started with five and in 24 months had over 100, they'd be in Forbes magazine and on CNN. So we just believe God's doing some incredible things here. So that, that's why we are not... Um, We believe in time that God will give us that. I'll tell you what my personal dream is, and and we'll just pray for whatever God, uh, whatever we desire, but ask, you know, that God will just allow us to be in his blessings. But I would love for us just to buy a piece of property and build a building, customize it one day, is what I would like to do. But it's going to take you getting on board with us, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. I want to share one more story before I get going. Uh, Did you know that the anointing of God is on this ministry? Do you know that? I and mean, if you're a first-time guest, you're probably like, no, I don't know that, buddy. If you've been here a couple times, you may not know that. But the anointing and the favor of God is on, his, on this ministry. Yesterday, I was down at our office um, painting and doing some work, and there was a number that called me that I didn't recognize it. And if you're smart, as you get older, there's just certain numbers you don't answer, right, if you don't recognize it. Because I ain't getting hemmed up for 30 minutes talking to somebody I don't want to. But I went up listened to my voicemail and, and, and called this guy back, and this is hilarious. His name is Kit, K-I-T. His wife's name is Cat. They call each other Kitty Cat. <laughs> Any Wedding Crasher fans out there this morning? No, I'm just kidding. Their real names are Kit Cat, though. Um, was it too early to throw in Wedding Crashers? <laughs> and so Kit, this is really cool. He works for the Billy Graham... Uh, Evangelistic Association. He's out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Listen, this is so crazy. I'm telling you, just God's favor's on it. And I say this humbly because God does these things in spite of me. This isn't because I'm the pastor of this church. It isn't because we meet in this facility. It's because this is God's church. We're stewards of it, and I'm called to shepherd it. So Kit, is he's working in the Billy Graham Library. Are y'all ready for the story? Like, I mean, it's pretty crazy, okay? He's working in Billy Graham's library last week, He lives in Charlotte. He works for the association. Um, And he just starts having this random conversation with this guy about what God's doing in North America and and, 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 um, in different ministries. And Kit's like, hey, actually, I have a ministry that I also work for. It's called Whispers of Hope Ministry. And they work on um, things here in North America and then internationally in Nicaragua Nicaragua and a bunch of other places. He didn't say that like that. I said that. Um, And... He starts talking with this guy and he was like, Hey, you know, we're just we're praying about, you know, where we can partner with different churches and I'm telling you this honest to God truth. I don't even know this guy he talked to. He's some kind of missions guru here in the state of Tennessee and he said, Listen, you should check out City Lights Church in Clinton, Tennessee. They're doing incredible things. I'm telling you this the honest to God truth, I'm not making it up. He said they're doing incredible things in their city and we're believing that God's gonna do amazing things to them. Somehow he got my number. I, I, this is honestly got truth. I have no idea. He, he got my number and called me and said, we would love to part you, partner with you. And so what that means is this. There's opportunity to do North American missions, international missions, financial support from us, um, just or for us. Just incredible. I mean, I don't know if you really understand. I've got cold chills. But just for, for someone from Billy Graham's association to call us and be like, hey, we want to partner with you. Don't underestimate what God's doing in this ministry. Amen. Can we celebrate that? Can we celebrate that? Good Lord. He's doing great things in this ministry, and so really kind of what I feel like this crowd this morning, those of you who are with us, we've got an opportunity to get ahead of the game, and and I'm going to challenge you this morning on how you can be a part of this big change that's going to change everything, and specifically what I'm going to talk about this morning is, I'm going to talk about volunteering, and I want to share a couple things with you before I get going. What I'm not going to do, this is the only time I'm going to say this prerequisite, okay? Or not prerequisite, but just preface the message with this right here. I'm not going to intentionally try to make you feel guilty. I'm not going to intentionally try to convict you, persuade you, or convince you, or manipulate you. What I do want you to know, though, is that we love our volunteers around here. Volunteers are a big deal. And today, I want to speak with you in part one of this series Be a part of the miracle. And the greatest way you can be a part of the miracle is to connect with the volunteers right now. And and I prayed about this right here. And this is going to, if you're really churchy, this is going to offend you. Um, But I want to share a thought with you. I've said before that as we're developing, you know, small groups in the future and, you know, youth ministries and stuff right now, we only do one service a week right now. And so the greatest way for you to get connected to this church, it is to volunteer. And this is what might sound crazy to you. Hear me carefully, because I've prayed about this and thought about it, so I mean what I'm fixing to say. I hope that you never find service, or I hope that you never find community during our service at 1030. You won't find it. Can I tell you why I want that? Because I want us to be reaching so many new people week each week that you don't know them. Does that make sense? Like, we're going to be reaching so many new people that you're not going to get connected if you just 10, 1030. Now, if you're churchy, that's going to offend you, but the reality is we've got a mission here to reach people who are far from God and it's the only time that you think you can find it is in this service I pray that you never do I would challenge you to come in a couple minutes early and get a cup of coffee hang out in the hallway don't bust out the door stay for five minutes and get to know somebody's name but you will not find community if you just come to 1030 so the greatest way that you can be a part of this miracle is to volunteer and that looks like different things and I, and I want to share some of that with you And I just, I believe God's going to speak to us this morning. I really do. You guys ready to hear a word from God this morning? I believe he's going to speak to us. Listen, everybody and their mama and their brother and their crazy uncle knows the story I'm fixed to read this morning, even if they don't believe in Jesus. We're going to be talking about when Jesus turned the water into the wine. And I'm going to, God just kind of opened my heart, showed me some different angles to this message. And so I'm not going to give anything that's like this revelation from God. We're just going to kind of take a different approach to this message. I'm going to share some theological truths, a lot of practical application as well. But keep in mind, we're talking about volunteering. And and so we we think making this change to Clinton in three weeks, getting this office space, it's going to change everything. It's already changing things. Listen, it just, um, you know, to have a record-breaking service last week, to get this call from Billy Graham and the Whispers of Hope in Charlotte, it's just confirmation that God is doing something. And what I'm doing is saying, hey, will you be a part of the miracle? Will you join something that's bigger than the life you're living? Let's listen to what God's Word says as we talk about being a part of the miracle. We're in John chapter 2 this morning. We're talking about Jesus turning water into wine to be a part of the miracle. On the third day, what do you know about the third day? Is that the day Jesus rose and defeated death? A lot of symbolic things going on here. On the third day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, verse 2, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. What I love about this is Jesus was always invited to things where he was with people that were nothing like him. Do you know what I mean? He was always hanging around people who were sinners and prostitutes. I feel like the church is just the opposite a lot of time. It's like we're like a country club. If you don't wear khakis and a button-up, you can't come. No offense to anybody wearing khakis and a button-up this morning, okay? Verse three. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Part of the way that you can be a part of this miracle is by helping us create a culture of honor. How many of you that... Are married, have been married, getting married. More so if you've been married, had a big wedding. Big is relative to what you know you compare it to. How many had a small wedding? My wife and I. There's nothing wrong either way. I think it's just really a preference. My wife and I. We um, will be celebrating an anniversary in about two months, something like that. A little, probably a little less actually. Um, and we went up on top of Cleanman's Dome in the Smoky Mountains, just us and our pastor and uh, two friends, and then this crazy guy that took pictures. And so I don't know how many people that is, but that's how many people were there. Like, we didn't invite our family. It wasn't because we were mad at them. It was just, we just really wanted that to be intimate between us. Um, and I've I've done weddings. I've officiated weddings where they were really big and, like, you know, just fancy and nice. But the thing about this, in, in, in first century, in, in a community like Cana and Galilee, is not only would this have been like a family celebration, but they would have celebrated this in the entire community. And listen, it wouldn't have been just like a bachelor's night, a bachelorette party. I mean, they would have celebrated this for a week. Could you imagine how terrible that would be if somebody's wedding for a week? Like, just get it over, okay? Buy gifts for a week. It was just this huge celebration. And just like at weddings today, how you serve refreshments and drinks, one of the most important things that they could have done during that time... It's to serve wine. And it would have been listen, this is crazy. If you study this culture during this time, for them to run out of wine at a wedding party would have been socially disgraceful for them. In fact, listen to this. It could have it could have basically carried the they could have carried that grief from this party to the rest of their marriage. They would have been known as the couple that ran out of wine at their party. Isn't that crazy? Like it would have been like this big cloud that hung over them for the rest of their marriage because it was such a big deal. Now, when Jesus' mother Mary says, hey, you've got to help them turn this water into wine. That's where he's going, where she's going. She understands that there's this huge sense of urgency. To serve quality wine at this wedding would have been an honor to the guests. To run out of supply would have been extremely disgraceful, disrespectful. Do you know what we do here every single week at City Lots Church? We serve you wine. Some of you are like, I knew I love this church for some reason. <laughs> Is that at the Next step table, Brother Peyton? You missed that, yeah. No, we serve wine every single week. We serve you. We try to give you our best. We try to honor you the best way that we can every single week by giving you our best. Jeff Jackson, if you'd come up here just for a minute, sir. Yeah, you're the only Jeff Jackson in here. He knows it. He, listen, i asked ask him. I ain't calling him out. He looked at me like he didn't know, but he knew I called him. This is Jeff. Everybody say hi, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Jeff played bass this morning, played guitar. Yeah, come on. Yeah, he was dropping them lines this morning. He played guitar last week. And let me tell you something about Jeff real quick. Um, I, I want you to know that every week we give you our best. And I want you to see and hear an example. And you may be thinking, well, why is he not speaking? Because I called him, and he was a nervous wreck even thinking about it. Because he's a humble man. His exact words were, I didn't want to be highlighted, but I said, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And he said, I just need to pray about it. And I said, Trust me, as your pastor, thus saith the Lord. We're sharing your story this morning. <laughs> thus saith the Lord. Jeff, um, man, is committed here. I want you to see his face so you know his story. Jeff is committed here, he shows up every week to help set up this pipe and drape, and he plays, he helps tear down. But this is is what I really want you to know that you're not gonna see as you look at this man right here. Jeff's family has some unique circumstances going on right now, many of you know, and so grateful to see his wife here this morning. She is, not only is she fighting, but we believe in Jesus' name, she is winning the battle against cancer. Can we celebrate that? (laughs) Fighting cancer, he's got two kids at home, this man travels out of state every day for work, every week. And can we just be honest? With, with a family who is battling cancer, a person who drives out of state every single week, every single day of their work, do you think it would be easy for him to make excuses not to come in here on Sunday morning and not give you his best? Absolutely. 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 And I wanted you to see this because these, these drapes that are set up right here, the drapes that are set up out there, that guy dropping the low bass that makes your chest rattle, it's from a man who says, I'm going to give God my best. I'm going to do my best to help serve wine every single week. Can we celebrate Jeff this morning? God bless you, man. That's what we do every single week is we try to give you our best. Now, who has a good imagination in here? Two people. All right, the rest of you, you're dismissed. No, don't leave. The preaching is just getting good. I got more to say. We want to create a culture of honor here. Now, I want to just imagine this with me, okay? For those of you who have been there, even if this is your first time here this morning, imagine this, okay, if you can. Imagine you pull into the high school. There's no flags out there that say welcome. Imagine you come on around and there's some parking sign that has an arrow, but it's like turned upside down, and it's just like pointing up, and so you have no idea where to park. Hang with me just for a minute, okay? And then, then you come on in, and you see one more parking sign that says come this way, but then there's nobody out there, and so you're like, where do I park? So you just find a place to park, and you, you know, you're kind of anxious, you're a little nervous. You get out, and you start walking up. There's no music playing out there. Hang with me, church. And then, then there's nobody there holding the door for you as you come in. And then when you walk into the lobby right there, there's no first impressions area, there's no next steps table, there's no volunteers wearing an orange shirt, and you've got kids and you're like, okay, so where do I I take my kids? And you kind of look around and you see some people just lingering over there by the gym you think, okay, I guess i take my kids over there. And you walk over there and they're just kind of standing there and talking and you really have no idea what to do. And finally, you figure out, okay, I guess I think I signed this, I signed my child in, they give me a number, is it safe to let my kids go in here, is that what happens in this gym? And then you turn around, and you're like, okay, so now where do I go? And there's no greeters out here. You see no strain of people meandering this way towards the auditorium. You finally figure it out, and you come in, and then you realize, okay, there's nobody that handed you a connection card when you walked in. And then you see people in here, and you come down, and there's nobody that tells you where to sit. So you're just kind of nervous. You're like, where do I sit? Do I sit in the very back? Do I sit in the front? Is that okay if I sit in the front? Do I have to, you know... Where do I sit? Imagine there's no music playing when you come in and you just sit down and it's like this. And you're just kind of looking around. And by then, you're already thinking, good Lord, what's happening here this morning? But it only gets better. Then Priscilla and the band, they come out here and Priscilla walks up to the mic and she says, hey, y'all. She don't really talk like that, but I just felt like she should sometimes. What songs y'all want to do this morning? We didn't really have time to practice this week, so what's on your heart this morning? And somebody in the back yells, Free Bird. <laughs> so Jeff strikes it up and he starts playing. Tyler's kicking the drums. Only there's no sound coming out because see these huge big speakers right here? They don't come with this school. As they start singing, there's no lyrics because this screen doesn't come with the school. Are you with me? If you're if you're with me, say I am. They finally get done, you're thinking, sweet, baby Jesus, glad that's over. Let's hear some preaching. And I come out here, and my table's not out here, and I don't have any notes, my fancy iPad. And I just say something like, Well, I don't really know what I'm going to talk about this morning, but the Lord laid it on my heart to tell somebody, Would that not be crazy? And Imagine also this pop and drape, there's no pop and drape, or there's only pieces of it, and it's just kind of like cockeyed everywhere, and there's cables everywhere, and there's no fancy lots like this, and there's no lots back here. Would that be wild? And imagine I finally, I step up to you and I say, "Hey, I'm sorry, but we ran out of wine this morning. We ran out of volunteers. Can I tell you something that's repulsive to me? To think that that would ever happen. Because every week we give you our best, and I can, I can I be honest with you? I don't know if you can, I don't know if you believe this about me. I don't think I'm a harsh leader in terms of like expectations, but I mean, like we even have conversations about let's clean these wires up here. There's a lot of them. You can't get all of them, but we want to. You would never have guests over your house and it looking like a, a hot mess, would you? Some of you would. That's crazy. But we want to give you our best every single week. Like, you may not even think about it, but like, these big speakers, they don't just sit here. Our teams, they carry them in. Those signs out there in the rain, somebody has to hammer them in. Do you know why our volunteers wear t-shirts that say volunteers on them? It's not because we think they have bad dress style. We're like, hey, you just need to wear this. It's because we wanna have identifiable leaders for you so that when you walk in, you know you can at least ask somebody this question. Okay, there's a leader. Basically, what we try to do is answer every question you may ask before you even ask it. It would be disgraceful, disrespectful, and not honoring God if we did not give you our best every single week. Like, you don't know this. There again, I said I wasn't gonna say it again, but this is not, I'm just trying to let you know what happens here every Sunday morning. I I want you to know how we turn the water into wine. You see these lights that are on right now? And do you see that background image? Do you notice that they match? You probably never thought of it. Our lighting team. Every slide for every song, these lights match it. So it can be visually enticing for you. And if you're like, whoa, it's crazy, that's okay. We don't do it to like be recognized, but we want to help you Have a great experience here, which, by the way, let me say this. Let's go on the record. You cannot manufacture the Holy Spirit. However, you can create an experience where people can come in and encounter him. You may not know this. This band that got up here and played, you know what they did last night on Saturday night? They sacrificed hours of their time to rehearse for you, for God. We give our best here every single week for you. And let me tell you, so here's the flip side of that, okay? It's not been said at this church, and hopefully it never will. That's why I'm sharing this with you today. But I've heard it said at other churches, well, brother, God's going to do what God's going to do. If he wants them saved, he's going to save them. Amen? Amen. If he wants them saved, he will get them saved in spite of what we do. However, we are called at this church to give our best every single Sunday, no matter if there's 30 people or 150. And no matter if there's five people meeting in a living room or we're moving to a new campus in Clinton and we believe our attendance will double. We're gonna give our best every single week. And so let me tell you something. For those who say, you don't need these fancy lights. You don't have to have that music. You don't have to wear that black V-neck T-shirt up there. Do you want me to tell you what's wrong with that attitude? Somebody put this on Twitter or Facebook and make sure you quote me. You're using God's sovereignty as an excuse for your apathy. You are using God's sovereignty as an excuse for your apathy. God is going to do it. And we are too. We're going to give our best every single week so that people far from God can come encounter him here. Some other people say, well, you really shouldn't run the church like a business. And I would say, you're exactly right. We better run run it a lot freaking better than some businesses. It's not a business, but we better run it a lot, lot better than that. We're not going to be apathetic in this church. I'll be honest with you I I have high expectations we have great leaders around me and in this church that I believe set standards and high standards and every week we're trying to create a culture of honor for you for God and for those who need to meet him and basically I'm saying we work hard every single week to serve you wine you should get on Facebook right now check in at City Life and say my church serves the best wine and see how many people we can piss off you want to do it? Go ahead. Let's continue on in the story, verse four. Now, listen, hear me, church. If I was ever going to tell you, there's a time not to be like Jesus. I know it sounds like blasphemy. It would be this. She's just told him to make the wine. He says, "Dear woman, that's not our problem." Jesus replied, "My time has not yet come." Now, imagine your mom's talking to you or your wife's talking to you, and she says, "Hey, I need you to help me do the dishes," and you say, "Woman." That's not my problem. My time hasn't come yet. This TV show's not over. Give me an hour. In my house, I'd get popped in the back of the head. Or I'd be calling Troy and see if I could stay the night. You do know I'm kidding, right? No, I mean, I really would have to go somewhere. I'm not joking about that. Dear woman, though, woman. This was actually a polite way to speak to women. In fact, this is the same word that Jesus calls his mom when he's hanging from the cross in John nineteen twenty six. He says, "That's not our problem. My time is not yet coming." What he's talking about ultimately is listen. If John's book, if you believe that it's in chronological order, is this he introduces Jesus, and this is about a week later. So Jesus is fresh onto the scene of his ministry. We believe that Jesus was about 30 when he started doing these miracles. He was 33 years old, give or take, when he would give his breath on the cross. And so basically, he's saying, hey, listen, my, my time's not yet. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Verse five. But his mother told the servants, oh, I love this. Oh, God, that this would be our purpose statement at City Lights Church. Do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. Another way that you can be a part of the miracle, experiencing the miracle, helping us carry it out, is by having a character of humility. Let me ask you something. Jesus, he comes upon this wedding, and ultimately we know what kinds of great things he would do, but let me ask you something. Do you think that Jesus, and and bear with me here, Do you think that Jesus was overqualified to stop at this wedding and fix this problem? Was he overqualified? Yes. Do you suppose that Jesus was overqualified as the Son of God to come to heaven in form of a man and humble himself to the point of death on the cross to die for dirty sinners like you and I? Would you say that he was overqualified for that? Would you say that Jesus, who was at the beginning of creation when the heavens and earth were formed with God and the Holy Spirit, was overqualified to wash the feet of the dirty disciples? Yes or no? Mm. Yet he humbled himself to serve. Mark 10.45 says that Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And I, I don't want to be like this mean guy, but a lot of people in church feel like they're overqualified to serve on Sunday mornings. See, you, you general statement, you're too overqualified to come in at 8 o'clock in the morning and help lift up these heavy speakers. You're too overqualified to come and hold a door for somebody out there so they don't have to open it. You're too overqualified to open that door out right there and hand somebody a connection card. You're too overqualified. Let me just brag on our church here for a little bit. What I know, we have very educated people in this church. A lot of them have degrees. Many of them are seeking degrees. Some doctorate degrees. Educated people, hardworking people. And they humble themselves every single week to create a culture of honor and to serve you one. I'll tell you the truth. My job, one of my jobs as the pastor of this church is to lead it and to lead it strong with clarity, with biblical principles, with honor, But if I ever get to the point to where I walk in this building and see trash out there and don't pick it up, I don't help carry a table every now and then, God help our church if I ever become overqualified to do those things. And I say this not to boast, but honestly, I picked up a handful of trash out there this morning and had no intentions of it being used in a story. But the point is this, we've got to humble ourselves before the Lord. Nobody in here is overqualified. I suppose for sure that the son of God was way overqualified to take on the sins of the world, but he did. If we are going to experience this incredible miracle that God wants to do here, that he is doing, then we must, we must get in ourselves that we are humble, that we are no better, that we are no bigger. When it comes to serving, can I tell you what fires me, the, fires me up the most as a pastor when people want to volunteer? Which, by the way, let me say this, last week we challenged 20 extra people to volunteer for sign up for volunteering when we moved to Clinton we had 13 people sign up last week just, yeah just last week alone I'll tell you one of the things that fires me up the most is when someone says hey I want to volunteer and we want you to know this that it's really not just about you filling a position so I always ask well what do you want to do and I love it when they say this I'll do whatever I mean that makes me want to run through a wall seriously It fires me up when people say, I'll just do whatever you need. Because then I know they're humble. And I know they won't be too proud to roll up a couple cables even though they have a bachelor's degree. I know they won't be too humble to make some coffee like Robert does every single morning. Where is Robert? Hey, Robert, there you are. Every single morning on Sunday. We just serve here. We're just creating a culture of honor and we're doing it with humility. If you want to be a part of the miracle, we've got to humble ourselves before God and we're told when we do that, he will exalt us. But when we exalt ourselves before him, he will humble us. And I trust you that you will know that it is much better to humble ourselves before him than to exalt ourselves before him. Let us be a church of humble people who will, I love, man, listen, this just needs to become our purpose statement verse five, two, five, don't pull it back up it's okay where Mary tells hey do whatever he tells you this morning can I tell you something I'm just asking you to do whatever God tells you not even with volunteering with your life with your marriage with your finances with your depression with your insecurity with your relationships do whatever he tells you that we would be known as a church that's obedient regardless of what other people say Let's continue on the story. Verse 6. It says, standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Listen, verse 7. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. I love what happens right here. Leave us here for a minute. So they filled them to the brim. They didn't come in here and give half the best they could. They didn't carry the water down and only put what they wanted to in it. They went over and above. That ought to be the attitude of every person who serves the local church. And can I be honest with you? I really believe for the most part that every volunteer here believes that. They're gonna, every, every, every Sunday, they're going to feel it to the brim. They may be tired. They may have worked 60 hours a week. They may be fighting illnesses. Their marriage may be struggling. They may have got shorted on their paycheck, but they're going to come in here every single Sunday and feel it to the brim. Does God not deserve our best? It's the truth, good Lord. If some of us would serve God the way we do our bosses at work, we'd be a good, good Christ follower. He told the servants, fill the jars with water, so they filled them to the brim with excellence, with honor. Verse 8, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. Mary said, do whatever he tells you, so the servants followed his instructions. If you ever want to experience a miracle from God, you must understand that provision for that miracle always awaits your obedience. If you're looking for a miracle in your life, provision always awaits obedience. God will always provide when you are obedient. The last thing I want to talk with you about this morning is, surprise, surprise, be a part of the miracle. Be a part of the miracle. There's some very rich theological things happening here that I just want to touch on briefly for the sake of teaching. This wedding, as we read, happened on the third day of Jesus traveling, which is symbolic of Jesus defeating death and resurrection. Here, Jesus, he's turning the water into the wine, and what happens symbolically, what's happening is remember, Jesus has just come on the scene. The water represents the law, the wine represents his blood. When Jesus turns the water into wine, what he is doing is he is bringing the new covenant in that he is the way, the truth, and life. It's not about what you do, it's about what he did on the cross. It's not about all the mistakes that you've done. It's about the forgiveness you find from the cross. He's bringing a new covenant in, and they don't even really understand it. He's showing that there's something greater coming. And I want to point something else out to you that needs to be noted. Each of these stone jars, there are six of them. It said they held 20 to 30 gallons of water, and they filled them to the brim. For just even math's sake, making it easier, did you know a gallon of water weighs about eight pounds? And if they filled them to the brim and it held 30 gallons, each one of those weighed 240 pounds. And listen, it does not say that they just ran the water hose over and filled them up. They would have had to find the water source. Or you could say it like they would have had to wait for the truck to pull in in the morning and throw that big jar up on their shoulder and carry it out over here. It would have been no small task for them to do that. I don't know if you realize this, but what we do here on Sunday mornings is no small task. We lift jars every single week. We lift stages every single week. Our volunteers. Every single week. They come in and serve wine. Each week here at City Lights, there is a miracle unfolding. That's what we do at City Lights Church every single week. If we're going to see people far from God, if we're going to reach this community, if we're going to reach this nation, if we're going to reach your neighbor's, we must be willing to carry some jars for Jesus. That sounds like a good shirt or something. Or jars for Jesus. Or maybe, I don't know. It sounds like maybe that, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what else I think it sounds like. But Will you come help us lift a jar? Will you lift some speakers? Will you hold a door for people? This is what I want you to know more than anything this morning. If you will, this is the bottom line of my message. A sermon in a sentence, if you will. That volunteering at City Lights is not something that we want from you. Volunteering at City Lights is what we want for you, not from you. Does that make sense? Like, we believe that you'll be blessed when you serve because Jesus said, Hey, I've come to serve before to imitate Christ. When you think of Jeff, honestly. And trust me, it pained him when we talked about him coming up here because the man's so humble. But you are blessed when you serve and you're like Christ. Like you're missing out on something when you don't serve. Volunteering at City Lights is something that we want for you. We think you'll be blessed by doing it so when we say we want to get you connected it's really not about we just want to fill a position and get you to throw a shirt on no we're more intentional than that we have higher standards than that our honor is greater than just getting you to come in here and lift something let's continue on so when the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine see he not knowing where he'd come from I love this good lord I love this Though, of course, the servants knew. Let me tell you what happens every single week. Guests come in here. You come in here. You see the setup out there. You grab some coffee. You grab some donuts. You see this drape. You see all these lots. You see this screen. You hear the music. And you don't know where it comes from. But our volunteers know exactly where it comes from. Amen, volunteers. Talking to the people in the gray shirts this morning. You know where it comes from. And what I know, I'm just talking to my volunteers right now. What I know is this, is that you have lots of things going on. And it's really easy to come in here and just do the, listen to me, sound team, production team, light team. It's really easy to come in here and just do the same thing over every single week. Turning the water into wine. Don't you ever forget that what we are doing is greater than what the natural eye can see. And listen, it's okay that people come in here and just taste the wine. That's why we do what we do. But when you help lift some jars, of course, you're going to know where all this comes from. Because you carry the jar, you set it up. Verse 10. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has a lot to drink, he brings out the boxed wine from Walmart. But he says, but you have kept the best until now. Another way of saying that is like this. You have saved the best for last. Church, hear me this morning god is doing an incredible work in this ministry today he did it last week he's going to do it before this day is over but i believe that he is saving his best for last that we've yet to experience what god wants to do i guess i'll be the only one that gets fired up about that god is saving his best for last i'm asking you to be a part of the miracle believe that this changes everything here, this moving forward, this new location, what God is doing as we see people far from God raised to life in Christ, as we partner with Whispers of Hope and Billy Graham, this changes everything, and this morning I'm asking you this, to do whatever he tells you to do stop by the next step table and find out more information about volunteering if it's signing up hey listen if it's taking a step in your career if it's taking a step in your faith do whatever he tells you to do Zach don't conform to society but be transformed by the renewing of your mind in Christ I love what the prophet Isaiah said in the old testament verse six chapter six verse eight God's saying who will go for us who will step up then I heard the Lord asking whom should I send as a messenger to this people who will go for us this morning I'm saying who will go for us Isaiah said here I am